Welcome to the On Target Living Podcast, a place where health and human performance meet. So when you think about the Navy SEALs, how do they break their people? Mm-hmm. How do they break them? They wear them down. Somehow. They take away the rust. They take away their eating. You know, they, yeah. They, they break them down. Up 24 hours. So it doesn't matter who you are. They're going to break you. Mm-hmm. If, but in corporate America, they break us, but it's slower. You're absolutely right. It's a lot slower. Yeah. Pile more So this is, this is the rust pyramid. So it's how we breathe, you know, sleeping, you know, white space. We get I, so I make this real simple. Like in corporate America, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. Do you meditate? I do. Mm-hmm. Every day. Pretty much every day. Okay. But I don't. Some it's pretty short. Is it? Mm-hmm. What's short? Uh, three minutes. Okay. Yeah, three to five minutes. Good and a lot of times people don't understand meditation. It's just learning how to quiet your mind. I was talking to this group the other day, and I said, you know, when I travel, because I travel all the time, I said I do a whole day of not talking. They're like, what? Like I do a silent, basically a silent or stillness exercise all day. So if I'm on a plane and you converse with me, I'll say, I'll respond to you, but that's it. I'm not going to initiate conversation because it's really <laughs> it's easy. It's a very short answer. It's, You're one of those. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it kidding. can be very easy for me. Like I check into a hotel, but I'm not going to be really chit chatty. Mm-hmm. I'll, t- I'll respond to them, but it's really a nice way for me to kind of like observe and see what's going on. It is amazing when you do this. I bet. So you so, are focusing on observing and listening, or are you just focusing on... Just uh, focusing on listening and observing. Okay. Mm-hmm. And What does it do for you? It creates an amazing stillness. And you feel rested, and I just... Your mind is I'm completely... I'm one of those that I chat with everyone to try that. I always know the people so I had a group. I had a guy come in. He's in severe trouble health-wise, 310 pounds. Mm-hmm. Six meds, severe diabetic. I mean, doesn't sleep. I mean, just a mess. But he has no stillness in his life. So it really would get down to the whole thing, and he just can't shut it down. Got nine thousand things going on. That's why he's so busy and so. So, what's your advice to him? So we went through this whole training of like what, when I'm going to do this seminar coming up, and so we just took that and we just kind of. We did the eating thing, we did the moving thing, we did all that, but we started really getting more into what he really needed, which to slow his mind down. And so we, you know, we started out with some baby exercises, but it was like pulling teeth for him. He's like, it's like you were sticking a needle in his eye. He can't, he couldn't stand it. It's like giving him a cup of decaf. He couldn't, of... <laughs> he couldn't stand it. No, he couldn't get the full jolt. Um, <laughs> so I would get him on the ground, and we work on diaphragmatic breathing and relaxing, and we do start out with two minutes. He thought it was like 20. Wow. You could see him just twitching. He, like, he's you know. real type A. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So he, had, he was so type A that he really had a tough time with his seven-year-old son. Oh. Because he really never listened to his son. He always had That's to dominate sad. his conversation, which we got in. We got into the personal. He became emotional. This, this will feed into every aspect of your life. Oh, for sure. And I know a lot of people like that, that they just talk over you and they really never do hear what you're saying and probably so need we some do quiet time. A, we do an exercise. It's a three-minute um, listening exercise. So we bring groups in, like this group I was talking about. So we'll do a three-minute exercise and you'll tell me a story and I have three minutes to listen to your story. It For some people, it's an eternity. <laughs> Interesting. And then they'll recite back of the major 
and most of them like it's so it's a really a it's a skill you're teaching people is how it to is listen. It is a skill. Yeah. In many groups that you know, you guys are in sales, and many groups that are in this space, they think it's one of the best things we've ever they've ever come across because it not only helps them to relax their mind, but also helps them be, become a better listener. Which in turn is a better salesperson. You're hearing all the clues, not just what the person's saying. And as you know, it's not mm-hmm. just what you're saying; it's the language. And it is, yeah. I'm gonna watch your facial expressions. Almost like what you're not saying. Really? Yep. (laughs) So that leads me into the business side of it. So coaching, you're running these seminars. So really where we make our money is really simple. So we do um, speaking and training. Mm -hmm. And so what I mean by speaking, um, you work for Nationwide or Merrill Lynch or AT&T. You bring us in, get this big conference. We do a lot of that. And then we do also... Like AT&T, I traveled around the world with them a couple years ago, and I did 22 events with all their senior managers. There were 7,000 managers, and I came in and did an hour and 20-minute 20 pres- 20 presentation to their entire leadership team. So all over Hong Kong, Argentina, I was in Me- Mexico, Europe. Wow. Um, but it was basically on the Ontario Living methodology, how we rest, how we eat, and how we move, how to become our best self, that kind of stuff. Are they getting good results from this? They were getting great results. Um, hard part about in corporate America, it's like anything else. If you did one sales meeting and had one training and that was it, mm-hmm. how, what kind of results are you going to get? Yeah, I'd have results for about two days. That would so fall to the kinda, wayside. <laughs> that's kind of where we're at right now. We want to do more of the continuous training because that's what they really need, they need. Like Foster Swift's a good example. I did an event called The Power of Feeling Your Best. My son came in at a thing on stress. My daughter's coming back and tall, do a mindful eating thing. I'm coming. That's the that's that's the magic. Yeah. And so when you can get corporations. So again, back to how to make our money, we do that. That would be more of training. Speaking yeah. would be a conference, and then um, uh, we bring groups in to come in for a day or two. So that's another w- new revenue stream for us. We've been doing it, but we always do it at some hotel, mm-hmm. and then. Um, our online sales. Okay. How many people in your company? There is eight of us. Eight of you? Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot of family. Uh, my daughter and my son and myself are the three speakers. Okay. Yeah. And how, what got you into speaking? Just because you were excited about what you were sharing or? Yeah, I was at the Michigan Athletic Club and you know we had 9,000 members and I started doing these FYIs, which are free educational um talks to the members and I did one on you know blood pressure or whatever and then I did one on meal patterning and I had about 25 people show up and then they said you should do that again because I'm going to bring a bunch of my friends mm. and then I did the next one was like 75 and then one t- the next one I had was like 300 show up <laughs> and I'm like big, oh my god. and then you spoke to crowds of what's the largest crowd you've spoke to uh Probably the largest is Costco. Um, I've done their sales managers conference twice, 7,500 people. When you get around 5,000, it's a, it's a big group, you know, unless you're yeah. in some kind of amphitheater or some right. stadium. So most of my audience is around, I would say, between 100 and 2,500 are pretty much co- common in a conference. Okay. Conferences, you'll always get 500 or more big ones. Yeah. Um, AT&Ts were always the same. They were like 750 to 1,200. 
Um, and are you reaching out to these companies and asking them if they're interested in? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So you're doing the prospecting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That never stops, of, right? Never does. Mm-mm. No, because again, we've been saturated in the financial services, the Merrill Lynch's, the Morgan Stanley's. That's all fantastic, but we got to we got to keep expanding it because, you know, many times you do a conference, they don't want to have the same speaker. Yeah. I just did Go Red for Women. I'll send you some photos of that. It's really, yeah. they have the largest Go Red um, uh, event in the, in, the, in the country, and it's in Fairbanks, Alaska. So I buy, I'm up on stage, and I got a red outfit on. I got red sunglasses, <laughs> and it's a rock concert. Oh, wow, fine. But it's in a, it's a, you'll see it. It's a huge group. Yeah. You know, I think it's 1,000 people in that group, and, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of those. Well, it's a big issue because a, a huge, lot of times women will just huge. dismiss any heart. Yeah. Huge symptoms. thing for women. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have to re- definitely reach out, do different, get in different spaces. Like in this community, nobody knows what I do. Mm-hmm. So I think goal, we do. So kind, it's nice kinda, to get to talk to you today. Kind of, but they, you know, yeah. so part of our goal is to show you our new facility, show you what we do. You know, we have these events coming in once a month, and they're on different topics, and get to know our team, and mm-hmm. you know, maybe you, you guys decide you want to come over for a one day or a, a morning meeting or yeah. whatever. Well, that's what we're really trying to expose oh, ourselves. Because sure more and that. more companies, you know, they want the results, they just don't know how to get them. As we age, we it, we realize, I think the millennials are further ahead than we oh, were because sure. they understand the importance of health and work-life millennials balance. Millennials are more, uh, millennials are having a hard time quiet in their mind mm-hmm. they're, but they're much more interested in exercise and eating and that kind of stuff yeah but they're on their electronics too much too that's true too yeah we, we talk i talk about too this uh like oxytocin um you don't get oxytocin communicating through technology you know that's the feel good mm-hmm. relationship looking somebody in the eye right you don't get that you get dopamine that's what people are after is dopamine yeah, we had um, Phil Zeller. Do you know him? He owns yeah. the Dale Carnegie. Yeah. We we had him in here, and we were talking to him, and he said, you can get the initial appointments, and you can get the customers, but to close the sale is really still talking on the phone or face-to-face, belly-to-belly. No belly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want to be the Dale Carnegie of this in Michigan for well, what you're, we do. You're there. No, but I mean, but more people are like, hey, I, I know what Dale Carnegie does. They help you. Right? Yeah. You, you liked it so much that you sent your daughter to him. Yeah. True. We want to be the same thing. Like, why wouldn't you want to teach people a methodology that they could have the rest of their life to be their best, healthiest, feel good, you know? Because people, when they lose their health, they, 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 everything goes away. It does. And health, and then you get the depression and all the things that follow Everything comes it. with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Working with family. <laughs> Is there any challenges with that? I mean, I work with my husband every single day, but thought I would ask you. Yeah. Yeah, my son runs our company. My daughter's in Chicago. Any advice you could give somebody that works with family? I get a lot of questions about that. I think the biggest thing is give them space, give them some runway. So Mm -hmm. I think I give my kids a lot of space and a lot of runway. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the way I'd like to, if I was in that shoes. And then sometimes they have to just step back and go, okay, maybe I need to talk to, you know, dad or whoever. And it's like, you know, mm-hmm. so I, I let them, and sometimes they do and sometimes they don't. And sometimes we have a, you know, conflict. I, 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 agree, I disagree. So it yeah. is what it is. Yep. 
It but is, and there will be disagreements, but there'll be disagreements always. with family and without family. It doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. So you just have to be respectful. I think my son's learning much more of that. Like if he needs to talk to me and disagree with me, probably doesn't want to do it in front of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, that's good. I I think that's important too. I've always said that. Go to the source, not to mm-hmm. everyone. So sometimes I'll you. say to him, you know, like we're getting in this path, and I'll say to him, um, let's 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 table this for another another time. And he, as soon as I say that, he knows what I'm talking about. I'm like, I'm not going to air my crap in front of everybody right now, but, you know. <laughs> going to air my crap later to yeah, you. <laughs> so sometimes you just have to, you know, and he knows, like, he'll know. Like, I'll get, you know, because you're frustrated. I'm like, yeah, I'm frustrated. Mm-hmm. And then he'll shoot me an email and say, hey, you know, this is, I have said, you're not, you weren't listening to me. I mean, we're doing Let's this. practice the listening skills. <laughs> yeah, just listen to me what I'm saying. I don't have to have the answer, mm-hmm. but just let's listen. Listen to understand. Listen to understand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there, I don't think anybody um, is immune to this for sure, you know, working with family. Mm-hmm. And I see it more and more. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just because I do work with family, I'm more attuned to see it. I want to make a commitment to get healthy. What are the first five things I should do? Because I don't think I've been that healthy. So I think uh, the first five is, first one is you've decided. Mm-hmm. Deciding is the first key. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is you have to say to yourself, like you have to. I tell people you have to learn from your past, like what worked, what didn't work, what gets you sidetracked. I've had probably had this conversation before. Have you ever had the thought of I want to get healthy? Yeah, and then I get um, sidetracked because I think, oh my gosh, I have to meal prep and I have to plan all my yeah. Menu so and- so that's the self awareness right there. So number one, you've decided. Number two, you got to go back in time, look at self awareness. Why did I stop? Mm-hmm. So now self you're aware of that. And then number three is you got to go into just like, okay, what habit do I want to build first? What resonates with me the most? What do I really want? And then from there, you put the why behind it. Why do you want it? Why do you want to be healthy? Mm-hmm. And you write these down. Okay. So the first thing I do when I bring groups in, like you're talking about, yeah. this is the first half hour. Because if I can jump into all the information and all this, it just goes in one ear and out the right. other. Because they don't know the why. So my goal walking out of here today is everybody in this group is going to walk away with a strategy for them to help them to get where they want to go. So, so how do you do that? You build habits, and you have to build them slowly. I just heard today that it used to be 21 days. Now it's 66 days. Do you agree with that? It's more like 66 days. Mm-hmm. That's why you got to do it slowly. Mm-hmm. And you got to make them so simple they're easy to do. So I get into the subconscious mind and the conscious mind. Conscious mind is where all your habits are built, but it takes energy. Right. So if you're saying, I'm going to do meal prep and I'm going to work out an hour a day, and like, that ain't going to happen. No, it's not. That's where the... the the fall was and they all the start past. laughing because they're all going yeah that's what i used to do i go i have done this a couple of times i've done over twenty thousand. I mean, it'd be great trains. if you could but <laughs> it doesn't work that way it doesn't then mm-hmm. there's life then i say hey what what shoe if i ask you guys today what shoe did you put on first this morning do you know what shoe you put on first my right shoe you're positive mm-hmm. how many people have no idea what shoe goes on first though why do you put your right shoe on first every day I don't know if I do every day, but I know I did today because they buckle and it's okay. a pain. <laughs> so it's a habit. Right. You wash your arm. If you got in the shower, do you wash your left arm or your right arm first? Right. And you always wash the right arm first. Yeah. And why is that? It's a habit. It's a habit. 
Yeah. Do you have same, to think about it? No. Same That's with right. brushing teeth and washing. These are all habits. Yeah. So when people, you start talking about that 90%, but most of 90% of what habits we do every day, we don't think about. So what if you could develop a habit that you didn't have to think about? Yeah, that'd be ideal. You get up in the morning, you open the refrigerator, you take your cod liver, oh, that's a habit. Mm-hmm. Don't even know if I take it or not. Just, you know, it's just a habit. Right. But if I said, hey, you got to do the cod liver, the spirulina curl, the wheat crash, you work it out for an hour, you got a food, food prep, you're <laughs> not, I'm not, <laughs> not going to do it. That's why diets don't work. Yeah. Because over a period of time, you're going to lose focus and you don't know how to pivot. And then the next thing you know, when you develop habits slowly, you learn how to pivot. You learn how to change when you need to change. If you're going out to a function, you want to just have a couple glasses of wine, eat some pizza, it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. But if you're on a diet, you can't do that. Right. It is a big deal then. It's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. Um, so some people that are listening to this will not have the ability to go to your event. So what could they do? Get one of the, one of the books or how could they learn your strategies? Do you host online? Yeah, so uh, so at our webinars? yeah, so on our website, um, we have a very vibrant website. Okay, and so we have videos and we have podcasts. Nice. Yep, we, we like gotta, podcasts. Got to get you on our podcast. Yeah. Um, so we we have a lot of touch points that we help people. We have a twenty one day challenge. So there's a twenty one day rest challenge, twenty one day eat challenge, twenty one day move challenge. And it's nice because it's a t- challenge for 21 days. Mm-hmm. Now you're talking about the 66, yep. but we've, we've tried the 66 online. It doesn't work because it's too long. It's too long. It's too long. We're in the middle of a 90-day mindset challenge right now, and we have about 60 days left, and it's like we're 30 days into it. It's like it seems so long. It's a long time. Yeah, I want to switch it up to something else already. So if I can get them to start, now, they, now they're just creating momentum. Mm-hmm. And that's the challenge. But yeah, we have a lot of content. We have an audio system that's seven and a half hours called The System. It takes you through this whole thing. Nice. Uh, it has a manual that comes with it. So, But I think the easiest way to get, us, get going with us is just get to our website and then listen to a couple of podcasts. Mm-hmm. You'll see kind of the flavor of it. And we have stuff on digestive health. We have one on blood pressure. My son just did one on be your best self, which is all about stress. And um, we have one on the mind and motivation. So there's a lot of different. A lot of great stuff. A lot of great stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's free. It's free. What about vitamins? You talked about your oils and stuff. Do you believe in taking a daily vitamin? No, really w- one of the principles we teach is, th- there's three of them, one called cellular health, how to get your cells healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, when you think about diabetes or weight loss, whatever, but it all begins with the cell. The second one is pH balance. That was me growing up, I had bad skin. So you're trying to make your body a little bit more in balance, more alkaline, less acid. And then uh, you wanna get closer to the source and that's where you come in with the supplements. Okay. So the closer you get to the source, price comes down, quality absorption goes up. So I always tell people it's not always what you eat, it's what your body can absorb. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the reasons why on our website, we really only promote things that are really source foods. Okay. We sell mangoes and figs and flax and chia, but they're always basically all one ingredients. Okay. And so when you can get people to kind of go to the source, you cover a lot more ground. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing wrong with taking a multivitamin if it's a whole food multivitamin. But even better than that, like, wh- where do those nutrients come from? Let's go to that source of those nutrients. Right. That's why we're a huge fan of wheatgrass because it's low to the minerals. It's like 90 plus minerals. 
or cod liver oil is high in DHA and EPA, which is that omega-3 fat that we're missing. Mm -hmm. Or spirulina chlorella is high in nucleic acid. It's a cleanser, a builder, high in protein. So it's really a balanced food. So those are kind of our big three flax or Then you get into flax and chia and hemp. and So there's a lot of options out there. But the big three we promote really is the cod liver oil, the spirulina chlorella, and then the frozen wheatgrass. Well, those, I'm going to hop on your website those today are the big and get three. that stuff. Those are the big three. Well, your skin looks, I mean, you said you're 62? No, I'm not 62 yet. I'll be 62 in the fall, but yeah. Okay, your yeah. skin looks great. Thank you. I used to have bad skin. Really? Yeah. So you gave up milk. Is that dairy altogether? Where's gave, the wheel? <laughs> I gave up dairy altogether, yeah. You did. So I use plant-based milk now, like coconut or almond or cashew, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So that's one thing that you don't feel in moderate take that one unless thing you have out. a cow outside your door you pretty much don't want to use homogenized or pasteurized cow's milk because okay. it's really hard for the body to break down okay and so we're seeing all sorts of problems with allergies are growing like crazy digestive health issues asthma um acne these are directly related to that inflammation Dear. going on mm-hmm. i've heard that for years but mm-hmm. i didn't you know, and the other thing, too, you think about why would you consume dairy anyway? I always ask the question, why? Well, I always think the calcium. Everybody thinks for the calcium. Right. In fact, it's really a poor source of calcium. What's a strong source of calcium? Anything green, like bok choy is the most absorbable calcium in the world. Almonds, sardines, um, but any greens are high in calcium. So okay. if you're in this... Way back in the day, we're talking about eggs, and these egg farmers in California were trying to make their the shells of the chicken uh, egg harder. So what do they feed the chickens? They feed the chickens greens. So if the chickens are eating greens, they're going to have a harder shell. Well, that's exactly what happens in the human body. Because greens are very alkalizing, they're very absorbable, and they're also high in calcium and then you also need magnesium which is again back to the supplementation you don't need these supplements you just need to eat more foods that have high magnesium and calcium and those together you know that's where you create the strong bone health on top of strength training and all that stuff that goes on so back to the calcium where are you going to get it milk is Mm -hmm. not a good source okay but that's what we've been taught forever right you know that's what i was taught yeah yeah, you got to have healthy teeth and bones. You got to, you know, get right. bigger muscles. You need to have more. Break everything if you don't. Right. You're going to be so <laughs> fragile, right? The wind blows you over, you're going right. to crack. It's probably the dermatologist that said that. <laughs> so we know now from the science standpoint that certain countries in the world, we're, the, we're the, really the only country in the world that really consumes cow's milk. The rest of the world consumes basically goat's milk. Oh. That's interesting. I love coconut and then milk you, and almond milk. Yeah, milk. and you think about this, too. We have uh, this highest intake of calcium on the planet. We still have crummy bone health. Mm-hmm. So we have true. one of the, some of the worst bone health in the world. Well, you got to ask the question, what is that? Back mm-hmm. to the pH and are we consuming absorbable sources of calcium? And that's where greens come in. So you don't have cheese on your pizza? No, I can have cheese on my pizza. You can? Oh, sure. So you do have that dairy. But I'm, not, I'm eating a pizza every day. Right. So what you do every day... So if I go and have, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to be that guy that says, hey, I can't have cheese on my pizza. I can okay. have it if I want to. Right. I just don't want to have it regularly. Right. Because if I had it regularly, I probably would start having digestive issues and skin issues again. Mm-hmm. But that's the point. You're doing stuff because you want to, not because you have to. Mm-hmm. And that's where you see a lot of people, they kind of lose their mind. and like, they're very limited in what they can do. So when they go out to eat, they're like, I only have this, 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 and this. And we've all probably had dinner with those people. Oh, yeah. That's always fun. 
it's no fun, right? So, <laughs> and I think my daughter, like I was talking to my wife one time, we're, we're driving home from up north, and I said, we're talking about weight loss and dieting and just health in general, and, and, and I said, well, who has the healthiest diet you know? And she said, you do. I said, I don't. I said, it's your daughter, because we just spent a week with her. And I said, what do you notice about Kristen's eating? She goes, well, she eats everything. I'm like, that's the point. She just doesn't eat it very much. She'll have a glass of wine here. She'll have a cookie here. She'll have this. And she eats really healthy most of the time. But the point of it is it, it looks effortless. Right. And I said, that's the key. It's effortless. It's not like she's a, like, you know, you can't eat this and can't eat that. And that's where, we're, that's where we kind of think we've moved in this whole space of nutrition. Right. You know, you got to eat this and not that. And, you know. All or nothing. All or nothing. And yeah. it doesn't work. No. I mean, we've never seen a higher obesity levels. Right. And then people say, if you follow this diet, but I'm like, you don't even like that. I mean, if you like getting up in the morning and you have coffee with a little bit of coconut in there and you love that, that's no, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But if that's all you're eating all day for breakfast until like two o'clock in the afternoon, that's a problem. Right. That's true because they always say you have that natural weight that your body will eventually get to if you're. And everybody you know has has lost weight, and then they gain it. You know, they gain it back plus some. I mean, we heard that over and over and over. Why is that? Mm -hmm. Because you're following a plan that's not sustainable. Yeah. And you don't like it. You don't like it. You're feeling deprived. Who wants to be deprived? I don't. <laughs> Who does? Nobody does. <laughs> right. Now you have to but be I a like that idea, focused. though, is that if you're enjoying it and you like it and it's not because you have to, there's a whole different mindset. It's kind of like work, too, right? If you're enjoying what you do, it doesn't always feel like work. It just feels like, I always said to my kids, it's just life. It's just life. Well, I think, I think Jim Collins said it best in his Good to Great book. And one of my I, favorite books. It's a great book. And one of the things he said is the three circles. So when I used to interview people, you know, the first circle is you have to have passion for, you know, this and that. And then the next one is the economic engine. And the third one is that can you be the best in the world at it? And so I like to use golf as an example. I love golf. Passionate about golf. If I go to number two, can I make a living at it? They absolutely not. And can it be the best in the world? Absolutely not. So that's a hobby. Yeah. But when you can combine the three circles, you have passion for it and you can make a living at it and you slowly get better at it, that's the magic. That is the magic. And that's where people get excited about it. So whether it's in their profession or in their lifestyle, that to me is, now if I'm passionate about the playing the paddle ball or moving my body. You what know, is I, paddle ball? Paddle ball is like racquetball. It's just, it's, oh, okay. it's with a paddle. Oh, okay. But it's fun. <laughs> yeah. So it's a Sounds fun activity, like it. but it's very, it's very, um, it's physical. You get heart rates up and you stretch and run and whatever. Yeah. Um, but that's exactly right. It's the same thing with nutrition. If I have to get up on Sunday and I have to make food for like three hours to for prep for the week, I'm not interested. Well, I interested. always think about how's that food going to taste on Friday? I mean, cool. who makes a salad on, <laughs> on Sunday that you're eating on Thursday, right. right? Yeah. So part of the, like if you look at European and how they eat, they just eat, they buy. And again, it's not always easy when you have a family. Mm-hmm. You have to figure that out. Mm-hmm. But if you can find stuff that's relatively easy, that's that's you know tastes amazing and that's the magic i love that two more questions for you yeah what's your favorite book you've ever read besides your own and your kids (laughs) oh gosh that's interesting i really liked jim collins as good to great when he did when i listened to the audio because i hear his passion 
Now I've read his book, but when I heard yeah. it on audio, I really, I, I thought that was probably, it was a life book. It wasn't just about a business book. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, Man's Search for Meaning is probably the greatest book I've ever read, um, just because that's what it's about. Mm -hmm. And um, from the nutrition standpoint, uh, this guy turned me on Eat Your Heart Out, which written by Hightower in 1973. It's all about the food business, and this guy really went into the future and was kind of t predicting in 1973 is exactly what's going on today. Oh, serious? It's so scary. Wow. Oh, now I got to read that. Yeah. So yeah. that was uh, Lewis Junker in 1977 had us read that book. So that's when I was turned on to it. Wow. Because it was talking about processed food and profitability, and that's what the book's about. But it really gets into predicting what's going on in the future from the food industry. It and is very, well, even all the gluten tolerant you know intolerances just, now and stuff that we never there's just of. so much misinformation out there but mm -hmm. it was really predicting of where the you know, the food industry is such a big industry mm -hmm. because it, it just continues to grow on the profit level so for example in the, just cut to the chase on this book but a tomato costs two cents mm -hmm. there's no profit in a tomato but when you start breaking the tomato down into tomato sauce and ketchup and the list goes on, profits go right through the roof. And so he was predicting way back in the day, that's, that's going to be very limited. You're going to have tomatoes in a grocery store, but most of your store is going to be the other stuff because of profit. And I worked for Frito-Lay, and that's exactly right. A Dorito is the number one selling chip in the world. It has about a 92% profit margin. I mean, this is way up there. Wow. Versus, you know... Eating a tortilla. And what is a what is a Dorito? It's a corn chip, right? It's a corn chip. Yeah. So this. So from corn. Mm hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And it has like you know a, a jillion ingredients in it. So if you get a tortilla chip that might have three ingredients, that's a whole different deal. Right. But the food scientists really have figured out how to get this thing called the bliss point. And the bliss point is places where you can't stop. Like you can't eat just one. Mm -hmm. Because that's they're addicting. They're addicting, right? Mm -hmm. Like, don't we've, they say McDonald's fries are? We've all done this, right? Yeah, so when yeah. you look at these food scientists, they're, and that's what he was predicting, the future is going to be these food scientists, and they're going to get us to because biochemistry directly relates to changing your brain and makes you have good or bad decisions. So you said at the very beginning, what do you do? You help people with their biochemistry because then they're going to make better decisions because they feel awesome. Right. We've all been in that black hole where like, yeah, I'm going to eat a couple of those cookies, but if I eat those co two cookies, I want two more, and then I want two more, right. and I want two more. And then I have guilt. And then I'm going to have guilt, and then I need to take a nap. <laughs> right. Right? Right. And I'm going to start over tomorrow. And I'm going to start tomorrow. <laughs> Everybody starts, on Monday. I'm going to start on Monday. Yeah. <laughs> we've all done that, right? Right. Yeah. So the whole thing is like back to the beginning is like, do you have to be on? No, you want to create a lifestyle that you love. I love that. Yeah. What about um, mentor? Who is your? Who's been your mentor? Gosh, uh, there's so many mentors. That's probably uh, one of the greatest questions I've been asked a long time. And I'm a huge mentor fan. So you need everybody needs to find mentors. I know. I think my mom and my dad were both good mentors. Uh, my dad was a different type of mentor. He was not a healthy guy terrible lifestyle, heavy drinker, smoker, whatever. But certain things about him I learned. He was a great listener. Hard worker. He was a hard worker, but he was a fun guy, um, brought a lot of fun. My mom was more of our backbone of my family. She was the gritty, tough, um, 
you know, I could just see her. And then um, I had a guy, as time goes on, I've learned a lot. Of, uh, Carl Porter was a mentor for me at the MAC. I just learned how he looked at things differently um, from a health stand, or a health club standpoint. And then one of my greatest mentors was Al Arns. He was a professor at Michigan State, and he was a, a accounting professor, and he wrote books. And I used to train him at the MAC. So I'd train him, and we'd train every week or every other week. And I started doing presentations that says, you know, you got to write a book because that book's going to give you credibility. So I started, you know. And so he, one day he came in, and we were talking about this, and he said, hey, how's your book coming? And I said, you know, I had every excuse. You know, I got young kids at home right. working lots of hours. He said, you know, 98% of people that start writing a book, only 2% complete it. And I thought, what is that supposed to mean? So the next week it brings in two cents. And he said, are you going to be the 98% or are you going to be the 2%? <laughs> Challenged thought, you. And that was it. I'm like, okay. So what do I do? And he said, I, this is what you need to do and create the space and, you know, kind of taught me one step at a time, build a nice environment, you know, make the, make make the, the time for make it. Make the time for it and then make the time enjoyable for you. So create an environment, whether you have to put on music or, you know, create that space that's, you know, like when you're doing your podcast here, it's very comfortable, very relaxing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're in a cave and you're, you know, yeah. it wouldn't be any fun. So. So those Caves are some would of the, not be fun. <laughs> so those are some of the mentors I've had, but yeah. I'm a huge mentor. I'm always looking for more mentors. I'm a I, I'm a I'm a lifetime learner. Yeah. Yeah. When you think you know it, I think that's when we get in trouble. Oh, exactly. Yes. And a lot of times, I with mentors, I don't realize it until after the fact. Like, oh, oh for wow, sure, that was a great mentor. For and me. I think we all have mentors. I mean, mm -hmm. you you learn from your kids, and you learn from for sure. You know, I mean, I've learned a lot of from you know my last dog. You know. You know, her name was Dolly, and I'm like, I learned a lot from her, you know. Just, What'd you learn from Dolly? <laughs> just kindness and compassion and, you know, mm -hmm. intuition. Yeah. You know, some of our animals are so intuitive. Mm -hmm. They don't have, they're not conversing, but boy, they know what's going on. They do, yeah. And so if you watch them sometimes, you're like, and so that led into, you know, you think about what do you do when you don't, when you travel, you don't talk. That's part of that. I mean, you're starting to create another sense that you're not really strong at. Mm -hmm. So to me, I'm like, I need to become a better listener, better observer. It was funny. I was going into LaGuardia Airport one day, and I go there. I, you know, been in LaGuardia. You know, I looked at the wall one day, and I'm like, how long has that sign been there? <laughs> Forever. Right. I just never noticed it. Right. And it's a big thing on broccoli, and it was, it was kind of it was kind of cool. But yeah. I'm like, I've gone on this escalator probably 150 times, mm -hmm. and I've never noticed that. Right. There's a woman, I'm reading her book, Susan Hyatt, and she wrote Bear. And it's similar to your theory on it's not a diet. You, you have to enjoy it. And she said, when you get to the restaurant, look around and look at how nice they've set up things for you and enjoy that piece of it, not just, oh, the fries in front of me. Like, really? And it takes a whole different set. So I tried it this weekend, and it did work. It was like, I don't need all those. But, well, this is really nice how they have it set up. And Because if you think about what you're talking about is pleasure, you can get a lot of things. Mm -hmm. It's funny, when I've done bodybuilding, and especially my first few, and one of the – this the smell of – because my daughter will say this sometimes, Dad, really? You get – yeah, just the smell of the food. It's very satisfying. Oh. You know, and, you, and yeah. when you're in that – kind of deprivation, 
deprivation yeah, especially mode. with bodybuilding. Yeah. yeah. So kind of like, but you're, you're, you, I learned, I mean, people ask me all the time, why would you want to be doing that? I'm like, because you learn a lot about yourself. Oh, I bet. And you learn about, you know, and then you learn about taste and senses. And as you eat cleaner and tighter, your senses become more vibrant. And people like, you know, when people start eating really, you know, they're eating really crummy food, like we'll use Jif peanut butter as an example. If you've, you know, it's like going from whole milk to skim milk back in the day. But if you go from Jif peanut butter to, let's say, natural peanut butter, most people can't stand it because it's not sweet enough. But if you've been on natural peanut butter for a long time and you go to the sweet stuff, you're like, God, that's awful. Hmm. It's because your senses, and that's the magic in the human body. Right. So if you can train it slowly over time, slowly you'll want to do it because you want to, not because you have to. Mm-hmm. And so my wife will say sometimes, they're like, what? they'll say, what would his last supper be? And she'll say, probably, you know, chicken and vegetables and sweet potatoes. Because <laughs> you enjoy it. Because that's what I like. Right. I love that. <laughs> you feel good eating it. You feel good eating it. But more you like it. And I have to have ketchup, too. I love ketchup. So, just With the chicken? Person. With with the sweet potatoes. With the sweet potatoes, I mean. I like ketchup for anything, almost. Really? Yeah. If somebody's <laughs> listened to this, yeah, it's like. But again, better, get better ketchup. But it really gets True. down to what you like. Yeah. And that's that's the magic. And you have to like yourself, love yourself, and start taking well, care of yourself. It's interesting. Like sometimes you would never feed your your pet this, right. and why wouldn't you feed your pet that? Because you want your pet to feel good and. Mm-hmm be healthy and sometimes we kind of lose that same thought process we do and the human body the longer i've been doing this is so spectacular and sometimes we just don't realize how amazing our potential is like a lot of people try to compete competing's fine but the key the key is our, how are you making yourself better that's growth i tem- that growth mindset is powerful in my opinion oh yeah and when you're trying to do stuff to make yourself better that to me is powerful. And it that's is. what keeps people, I think, excited about their lives and, you know, the growth aspect of it. Yep. Because if we're not growing, it's pretty it's pretty boring. Yep. Well this has been nice. Thanks for coming in.